Hello and welcome to Mabinda FM. This is home of compassionate conservatism in which you advocate for a fine balance of sweet spot between individual creative genius excellence as afforded by capitalism and society excellence as afforded by equality of opportunity in ensuring a high upward socioeconomic mobility for all citizens inside policies as a free high quality education and business capital available in essence you are calling for capitalism with a human face that is capitalism with a human face so now this podcast is divided into four segments that is kenya as it will be remaking america idea cast and finally africa perspective so now i will begin with kenya as it should be so what next for kenya after the closely contested general election that is what next for kenya after the contested general election so you have had the two leading candidates raila odinga and William Ruto uh, have very different ideas on how to turn around Kenya. So you have for Mr. Odinga, he has been advocating uh, for social democracy and his signature policy is a universal basic income of about 6,000 shillings per month. Of course, he argues that countries such as Brazil, countries such as Brazil and India have implemented the universal basic income and in America and the Western countries you have the unemployment benefit so that is what mr odinga wants and of course some ask mr odinga where will this money for universal basic income come from where will this money from a cash transfer program uh, come from but mr odinga answers that he has been a prime minister before and he knows all the uh, uh, pilferages within government so of course he said just uh, fix corruption and we uh, he will have the money to be able to uh, sustain about uh, 6,000 shillings to the poorest of Kenyan families. I think about 1 million families. So I think the total cost is about 150 billion shillings. That's about 1.5 billion dollars. And of course, uh, he says this money is not going to be idle. Of course, some accuse Mr. Odinga that is this is perpetuating laziness in essence that people need to work. And of course, uh, uh, he defends himself. I think uh, the think tank around Mr. Odinga defends itself that basically this money is not going to be in people's under 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 the mattress this money is going to buy goods and services and that will shore up economic activity in kenya so basically for mr odinga then this is not just about uh, availing money to the uh, to the less fortunate but it's about resuscitating the economy it's a kind of a domestic uh, stimulus plan so of course uh, this money is going to buy bread it's going to buy sugar it's going to buy rice it's going to buy milk and this money will be uh, used to shore up the local economy and i think in that case then it makes sense for mr odinga to have a universal basic income of about 6,000 shillings per month. So that's it about Mr. Odinga, that he wants a universal basic income of about 6,000 shillings. But I think that there needs to be a caveat. I think what Mr. Odinga should do is to say that basically you have to prove that you are actively looking for work in order to benefit from, uh, that is from this universal basic income. That is, you have to prove that basically you are looking for work and i think that is the way it works in america of course uh, if kenya was an ideological country then mr odinga would be a left of center kind of president basically he is a social democrat and wants to steer kenya along the lines of uh, as uh, nordics european scandinavian countries like norway sweden denmark finland where you can never put a word on a teacher or a doctor so this is going to be a public service kind of economy and i think this is the way uh, Mr. Odinga wants uh, to move to be a left of center candidate, of course, uh, uh, that is, uh, there's nothing wrong with this move. Actually, uh, there are two ways in which uh, 
uh, to uh, economically prosper country either uh, have more government intervention or uh, left of center candidates like to do maybe like uh, Bernie Sanders or Alexander Ocasio-Cortez offer maybe things such as free healthcare, free education all the way up to university education and I think also Mr. Dinga said he will offer free education up to the university level so that's one way you can do it either through a heavy government involvement so that you can have a socialist utopia of course that's one way you could do it or the other way it could be through the capitalistic means that is individual dynamism although the drawback for capitalism basically is in huge wealth inequalities of course that is in huge wealth wealth inequalities uh, that is the drawback for capitalism but for socialism then again as they say that socialists want to bake the cake, want to share the cake, but who bakes the cake? That is the argument of the capitalists. The person who bakes the cake then basically uh, is, is, is the capitalist. And of course, uh, maybe socialists are not so good in creating, uh, in baking the cake. And I think for Mr. Dinger, then he has to involve the business community so that we can, even as we are sharing out this cake equitably, we need to increase the amount of this cake that is being baked. And I think maybe Kenya under Mr. Dinger then could do with a mixed economy of capitalistic system, businesses, and then uh, heavy government involvement in areas of public uh, goods such as education and healthcare. So I think in that case, then the universal basic income comes in and, and maybe also streamline the youth fund, weather fund, and women's fund into a consolidated fund because I've argued often that the missing middle where the big multinational bank uh, companies can get funding to the tune of billions uh, from uh, uh, mainstream banks, whereas the small business person can get funding from the microfinance sector. It is the small business person that basically it is the middle high growth businesses basically that are in problem because we don't have a, a much developed venture capital uh, market in Africa. And I think we need to encourage uh, venture capital investment in Kenya and in much of Africa. So I think in that case, then the middle. Uh, High growth businesses will be the multinationals of tomorrow, and so we need to ensure uh, that basically we have these middle high growth businesses that can uh, punch their way. So that's it for now. That is uh, that is Kenya as it should be. Where I'm looking, it is likely that Taylor Dinga will win, but we are looking at his policy of a universal basic income of about six thousand shillings per month that will go to the poorest of Kenya. So that's Kenya as it should be. Then moving over to remaking America. I'm looking at the Trump FBI search of the Trump presidents in Malago. I'm looking at the Trump FBI search of a Trump uh, uh, home in Malago, Florida. Of course, uh, they are going to look for classified documents that Donald Trump carried with him when he was leaving the White House in 2022, his home in Malago. Of course, the FBI, uh, maybe this is a, a security threat. This information could land in American uh, uh, force, in America enemy's hands. And so, of course, uh, uh, Trump has defended himself. He says that uh, also Barack Obama took with him about 30 million pages of classified information to his home. So you can imagine that Barack Obama, according to Donald Trump, he says that also Barack Obama took with him about 30 million pages of classified information uh, to his home. And so of course uh, Trump uh, is wondering what strong did he do that basically what he did was to declassify the documents and then travel with the documents he says everyone brings work home sometimes and so he is not different that everyone at some point brings work home and that is the defense of donald trump but i think uh, the fbi is not saying any of that and of course uh, the fbi has raised the alarm that will there will be targeted uh, targeted uh, strikes uh, targeted attacks by 
Trump's supporters on FBI or any federal official. So that's it about uh, uh, that is uh, FBI search for FBI search for uh, that is classified documents, uh, classified documents in Trump's Malago Ranch. And of course, uh, Fox News, the defense, uh, Donald Trump, it says uh, those documents are declassified and maybe they were not uh, made public, uh, publicly available. Maybe it is just a few clerical errors that needed to be. Uh, ticked that these documents are now classified but of course you have the federal judge maybe refusing that line of argument uh, by Fox News that what uh, was uh, really happening was just a few clerical errors and that those documents had already been declassified but uh, this is the essence of Donald Trump so Donald Trump remains a, a, a dominant figure in American politics and I think a lot of his supporters are going to be angry that uh, the president of our, uh, the home the residence of a former president is such as if there was nothing so this is going to make a lot of uh, diehard trump supporters angry and basically that is why the fbi has raised the alarm that it, uh, there will be targets at american there will be targeted attacks at american federal officials so this is uh, a warning that is coming from the fbi and you saw the other day i think a teenage shifter that is a uh, heart attack american fbi headquarters and of course uh, then uh, he was pursued. I think he had posted a message on uh, uh, Trump's uh, social media channel that is Truth Social that basically when they don't hear about him then they should know that basically he has been caught in by the FBI. So you can imagine how very much America is still polarized by Donald Trump and basically he has his defenders. Basically Donald Trump has his defenders who say that basically he is the next best uh, thing for the Republican Party after Ronald Reagan. So that's about uh, the FBI search of Trump's Malago residence in Florida. And basically a lot of uh, Trump diehards, a lot of Orthodox Trumpists are really alarmed at uh, uh, the treatment of Donald Trump by the federal officials. And I think that is something they are going to take up in the midterm election. So that's it for now. Now I will move over to uh, the idea cast and in the idea cast I'm looking at this so-called uh, toughest undergraduate course in America that is the March 55 I'm looking at this so-called toughest undergraduate course in America that is the March 55 program so what do you think about the March 55 program what is it what is it about some say it is a compression of the whole undergraduate mathematics compressed into one semester so that's uh, the extreme view that it is a summary of all undergraduate mathematics that is compressed into one semester so that's one line of argument but others dispute this they say March 55 is basically a deep dive into algebra uh, uh, undergraduate algebra possibly all the way to introductory postgraduate algebra all of that compressed into one semester but whatever the arguments I think uh, March 55 uh, really uh, separates the separates uh, the uh, basically the, the truly genius Harvard students from the average ones. Remember, students that go to Harvard have not just stopped their their class, they have not just stopped their school, they have topped their school, they have not just stopped their schools, but uh, topped the entire state if American and also uh, maybe topped the entire countries if international students. So you can see how very much uh, Harvard students are already the brightest lot when they are leaving high school, but then of course uh, now uh, even among the junior students there must be the first and the last and of course uh, that maybe is the purpose of March 55 to separate the truly genius Harvard students from the struggling average African uh, 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 American uh, students uh, from the struggling Harvard students so it's still one of those courses but I think in around 2012 or 2013 I think the nature of the course 
was diluted somewhat because I think they have a diamond 55 instructors I think got a call from the career office instructing them that basically they need to turn down on the difficulty of the course so that they can have they need to turn down on the difficulty of the course so that you can have uh, basically uh, 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 students getting S because remember this Harvard students want uh, to go and work for McKinsey uh, Bain and Capital Boston Consulting Group or the big four auditing and consulting firm that is PwC, KPMG, Deloitte, Instant Young and for these uh, firms they want associates that basically uh, get all as in their transcripts maybe one or two bits but mostly as in their transcripts and so basically maybe the career office is concerned that with the uh, C's and D's uh, in March 55 then uh, they will not uh, get even a chance for the interview so basically uh, they want to ensure that uh, they want to ensure that basically their students go, uh, go well and so basically maybe that is why there is the accusation of uh, that is a great inflation among American elite universities according to the American scholar William Darius he argues that basically in American elite uh, universities basically just by attending class alone you are assured of at least an A minus grade. So that's the sentiment of uh, William Dorasso, who is the author of a widely acclaimed essay that is the disadvantages of elite uh, education. So he says that basically in this. Uh, elite american uh, colleges basically if you attend class regularly then you are assured of nothing less than an m minus grade so what do you think about the math 55 is it really as hard as it is made out to be and and, and i think uh, maybe this is something uh, we could look into so that's it about the idea because we have looked at the toughest undergraduate math course in america as uh, a presumed uh, toughest undergraduate course in american colleges that is the math 55 and that is the math 55 uh, that is course so now i will move over to africa perspectives and in africa perspectives i'm looking at this uh, for you for a country to be a superpower it needs to have a political power economic power and social cultural power that is for a country to be a superpower in its political power economic power and social cultural power so i think who uh, which african leaders will have endeared africa to be a superpower so i will start with political power that goes to Kwame Nkrumah, no doubt remember Kwame Nkrumah, the pan-africanist who died a frustrated man even in his own country he was overthrown of course helped by none other than the the cia so basically that was a cia back to i think uh, Kwame Nkrumah was going to a trip in china then basically he he found out that his government had been overthrown a uh, while on a trip to china so he did last long he ruled ghana for just nine years uh, from 1957 up to 1966 and i think uh, he was even uh, willing to delay independence for ghana and until all the african countries could get independence and then they called now form a, a, a super state an african super state so remember Kwame Nkrumah used to say uh, that basically uh, Kwame Nkrumah used to say that basically uh, that is a uh, seeky first the political kingdom and everything else shall be added to so that's political power goes to Kwame Nkrumah and of course he was a frustrated man because I think a lot of African countries I see a lot of African presidents I see their countries as their little freedom so I don't think they will accept to be subservient to a, a larger larger supranational era a larger supranational maybe African superstate so that's a Kwame Nkrumah for you a very dejected man and remember according to the Afro-Caribbean uh, George Padmore he says he thought that Nkrumah was the one to liberate the black race, but of course he also did not live to see 
As this came to fruition as a young Kuruma government also was thrown in a CIA-backed coup in 1966, then I think the economic power that no doubt goes to Thomas Sankara, the, the, the revolutionary Marxist of uh, Burkina Faso, who ruled Burkina Faso between 1983 to 1987. So Thomas Sankara was 33 years old when he ascended to power, so I think he was basically uh, he did so many things that got him into trouble. He withdrew Burkina Faso from the uh, dependence on France, uh, from uh, that is World Bank, and as his uh, countrymen to be really, as his countrymen to be independent. And of course, he says that he who feeds you controls you. That is, he who feeds you uh, controls you. And so you had uh, uh, that is Thomas Sankara walking in just. Uh, he used to travel around with just a small motorcade, maybe of three vehicles, sometimes even ride on a bicycle. And of course, uh, it's in the name of uh, Burkina Faso from Upper Volta uh, to uh, Burkina Faso after the names of uh, the land of the great people after the two tribes in Burkina Faso, that is Burkina and Faso. So that's about uh, uh, Thomas Sankara very much, an economic turnaround manager. I think uh, uh, he built so many pharmacies in villages, health clinics in villages. And I don't think you can't take anything away from uh, Thomas Sankara. The only question is who uh, who will take over from uh, Sankara. Remember, I think uh, the former president, Bryce Kompaure, has often been accused as one being uh, the mastermind be uh, behind uh, the killing, the assassination of uh, Thomas Sankara, of course, with the help of the uh, Burkina, uh, former colonial power, uh, that is France. So that's economic power. I think it goes to Thomas Sankara. Then the social cultural power. I think that goes to Steve Biko. Steve Biko uh, was very much, uh, uh, very much called for coins the term Black Consciousness Movement. He was an anti-apartheid era uh, hero, basically, and he died, uh, I think, basically by assassination. And I think uh, you have uh, uh, Steve Biko emphasizing that is a Black Consciousness Movement. So you have it. That is the three uh, political, the three uh, players in Africa that will have made Africa a superpower. That is Kwame Nkrumah political power, then you have Thomas Sankara economic power, then you have uh, that is Steve Biko social cultural power, but I think there are others that have left, maybe like uh, uh, Muammar Gaddafi was killed by the trial of uh, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama and Nicolas Sarkozy, the former French president, and then you have uh, Hillary Clinton really saying that the American values are universal values, so maybe that is why America goes to bed with whoever pandas to interest it could support a despot and remove a saint from power so that's the foreign policy uh, of america so that's uh, that's it for the uh, for the three then you have that that's like uh, Patrice lumumba who basically uh, was assassinated by belgium and uh, of course with the help of the cia and his body dismembered into many many parts it was only recently i think uh, this year that the remain a uh, tooth uh, of uh, Patrice Lumumba was thrown from Belgium uh, back to uh, DR Congo. Of course, uh, the Belgian king has come forward to apologize for the killing of uh, Patrice Lumumba, but I think it is a, 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 an apology that comes too late. I think a leader such as that uh, could have united the whole of uh, DR Congo. So, uh, so I think we need to develop better leaders in Africa. We need to uh, unite Africa because some countries, according to Mo Ibrahim, are too small to self-govern. And I think in that case, then uh, we need uh, to uh, unite in Africa so that we can have 
because remember the problems that afflict Africa, uh, that is uh, problems that afflict Africa, uh, cut across the board. Look at malaria, kills millions of Africans every day. What if we had research institutes in Africa where Africans could collaborate? So I think uh, Africa needs uh, to unite faster and what better way to have a political power economic power and social cultural power i think you have the african free trade area i think it will be coming into effect very very soon so that has been the africa perspective for now this has been the mabinda podcast where i have looked at kenya's it will be remaking america uh, that is kenya's it will be what next uh, for kenya after the closely contested general election then in america i'm looking at remaking america i'm looking at the fbi search of the top malago home and then i think uh, in idea case i look at the reputable uh, uh, the so-called hardest undergraduate course in america that is the harvard math 55 and then in africa perspectives i've looked at uh, uh, which uh, uh, leaders in Africa could have enabled Africa to be a superpower that is a political power, economic power, and social cultural power. So that's it for now. This has been Mabin FM. This is home of compassionate conservatism in which advocate for a fine balance as it's what between individual creative genius excellence as afforded by capitalism and society excellence as afforded by equality of opportunity in ensuring a higher part socioeconomic mobility for citizens in such policies as a free high quality education and business capital values in essence you are calling for capitalism with a human first that is capitalism with a human first